0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Horizon Weekly Insider number 141. Today is Monday, June 20th, 2022, and we are live on Discord and YouTube. Thank you for joining us today, and please be aware that this call is being recorded and will also be available for you to check out later on the Horizon podcast. Also, please be sure to send us your questions on the mentee link provided above. And let's go ahead and kick off our update today with our engineering department. Welcome, Alberto.
1: Hello, everybody. Thank you. So as usual, we can start with Zendu, where uh, last week we completed all the changes related to the pull request uh, that was introducing improvements to the build system. So uh, the code is now ready for the first iteration of code review, and and that is uh, currently in progress. Uh, moreover, last week we continued working on the design extension in order to manage in a more efficient way those uh, sessions whose use case uh, don't require the season functionality. Uh, and last week, in particular, we completed a very detailed analysis of on the specific changes that are required for a couple of approaches that we have identified and that we are discussing and evaluating. And these, uh, for sure, will help us during the implementation phase, but also, obviously, to, to choose the, uh, uh, the the more uh, efficient one. And currently, uh, the approach that seems more interesting for our purposes seems to be the variable epoch length. Uh, I mean, this is still to be fully evaluated. So, I mean, we are introducing these uh, the possibility to have for uh, let me say non season sessions or so semi-decentralized sessions. Uh, and let's say an epoch client that uh, uh, can be variable and this is possible because uh, for this kind of use cases we don't have the uh, seizing functionality the backward the mention backward transfer request that is important for the fully decentralized use cases and for also for uh, preventing data availability attacks that in case of semi decentralized sessions we let me say we are not covering so Uh, Still uh, uh, two possible options, but one of them seems to be uh, more interesting. Uh, Keep going, uh, uh, detailing it. Okay, now switching to the SDK, in particular for Blaze. Last week, uh, we were able to achieve many different things. uh, And uh, speaking more in details, uh, we implemented the wallet uh, secrets import-export functionality and also worked to, to enable the authorization for wallet endpoints. The development is complete and the first level of review uh, is started. Uh, something else we implemented last week uh, are the changes related to the forger transactions filtering strategy, I mean sorting by fee rate instead of fee and the, the implementation is complete too and also here we are now doing the code reviewing uh, activities then always related to blaze we started implementing some specific mempool improvements and in particular something uh, we added is the maximum size limit with the automatic cleanup strategy per fee rate so if the mempool uh, reached the, the limit uh, the cleanup is uh, performed using this strategy and this is currently in progress and we are targeting this week for the completion of the related changes uh, last point, uh, we also implemented an optimization for the certificate submitter and the API for general improvements during the node sync up with the network. And also this item is under review now. Uh, this was uh, everything for Blaze. Uh, on the other hand, uh, for what regards the uh, EVM sidechain, Uh, We we performed all the code reviews related to the several developments that had been uh, achieved in the previous couple of weeks that I mentioned in the previous weekly insiders. And in particular, for what regards the state DB, the code review activities were completed and the code uh, is merged. Uh, During the code review process, uh, some additional changes were also introduced, like snapshots, rollbacks, and interface updates. And I mean, and this part is very important because it is uh, managing how we're, uh, let me say, keeping the state, how we're uh, able to, um, let's say, uh, persist the state uh, in in the account based model. And, and this is also uh, exposed uh, to the Java layer that is able to uh, access the storage and save the data. And it is very important for the custom implementation like the forger stake and so on. Okay, going on. Uh, we have been working on many other uh, elements, like uh, just to name uh, a few. We started testing the RPC server with MetaMask, but on this, uh, Victor is going to provide more updates. And uh, we added uh, the support of both legacy and uh, EIP 1559 Ethereum transaction. And we have been working on message processors, uh, where uh, the main part of the forging stake delegation and withdrawal request. Are already done, and uh, uh, while the EVM execution process- processor is currently in progress, and we will keep you posted on this. Okay, these were the main points for today. Uh, back to you. Thank you.
0: Very exciting. Looking forward to EVM, and it looks like a lot of other people are as well in the community. Uh, so now I'd like to welcome Anvano for BD and operations updates. Hey everyone! Happy Monday. Uh,
2: for today, I want to touch a couple important things that we are working on. Firstly, deeper integrations with our existing partners. Uh, during the last several uh, weeks, you have seen our partners like Qcoin and Binance adding new features and use cases for the Zen. And more of such integrations are on its way, including like unlocking new new markets for Zen. Also, right now, we do not have a really good on-chain metric service integration available for Zen. And it is really important to have one to be able to understand what's uh, happening in our blockchain. At the moment, the best we have is the one provided by one of our Community Block Explorer providers, TokenView. And even though it is not like a hugely deep on-chain analytics, it still provides some useful data. I will provide a link for our community so that everyone knows knows it uh, here in our channel. Uh, And for example, during last and this week as well, the average activity in terms of daily active addresses is quite above average for Zen. And to really understand reasons behind it, we need some more deeper. Analytics integration and I really hope we have something available for our community in this regard during this year We are working on it Also uh, We are also working to expand the list of mining pools supporting Zen Uh, And uh, there are number of not number of but several several large mining pools uh, on Equihash Algorithms algorithm really gives us uh, such possibility to integrate with them, particularly when our main colleague and competitor on this algo is in active research to switch their main chain to some form of proof of stake. And as you know, our side chains are proof of stake by default, so having more support on our proof of work in terms of active hash power makes a lot of sense. That's all from me. Back to you, Erica.
0: Thank you, Vano, and now on to Victor for product and engineering updates.
3: Thank you, Erika. Uh, Today, as anticipated by Alberto, uh, I have to speak a bit about uh, what we did with Metamask because uh, we had started testing it uh, for integration activities with uh, what we've done so far. Now that we have uh, a JSON RPC server, in place with our EVM sidechain uh, that is not yet uh, complete, but uh, still uh, a- a capable of uh, integrating, the, uh, of being connected uh, with a MetaMask wallet. Uh, we managed uh, to uh, open it up to communicate correctly uh, with the localhost we have set up. We encountered some issues initially with uh, Firefox, Uh, There uh, should be some uh, known issue, Uh, actually, it's just uh, a bit more complicated to be configured uh, compared to Google Chrome, but anyway, everything uh, went okay. So in case somebody has some issues in configuring uh, Metamask uh, uh, with Firefox, feel free to uh, ask in the chat room. Um, we also had uh, um, addressed some deep dive in the code of Metamask because we wanted to be sure uh, what Metamask uh, does with uh, both the Explorer link and uh, the RPC interface. And actually we discovered something uh, uh, that we uh, weren't uh, 100% su- su- sure about uh, how MetaMask uses WebSocket, and it looks like uh, it is asking uh, with polling every 20 seconds or so um, the uh, new block, the best block of the um, uh, of the blockchain, in order to uh, poll for new information uh, and for new balances. Uh, actually uh the Explorer instead is used just to um, form the uh, Explorer links for transactions uh, tokens and uh, um, and pretty much that's all um about uh, token mint I'll leave the word to uh to NG. thanks back to you
4: Thank you so much, Victor. Uh, and yes, so for what regards token mint, we have extended the suspension period of the send uh, tokens functionality in Cobalt. Our maintenance period will continue until July the fifth. Uh, we're still. Uh, the reason for this is because we're still uh, have ongoing uh, testing sessions in different environments um, for our upcoming maintenance uh, release milestone. Uh, regarding development, so we continue working on the NFT implementation. In both the front and the backend, um, uh, portions of the token Mint platform. And this, uh, just to put into perspective involves several different work streams, which are, of course, our cobalt wallet, wallet, the indexer, which is the backend of our block explorer, the front end of the block explorer, JS libraries, among uh, others. And, uh, something that is very exciting is that we were going to be review, we're going to be reviewing the NFT UX UI designs this week with the team, which is very exciting. And uh, yeah, lots to come. Um, Back to you, Uh, Erica. Amazing, super exciting stuff. I can't
0: wait to see what's next. Uh, So now I'd like to welcome on Rob for leadership updates and the Q&A session.
5: All right. Thanks, Angie. I mean, Erica, sorry, joking. Don't hate me. Um, Okay, so uh, what's not a joke is happy Juneteenth for everyone today. Um, This is a new holiday in the U.S. commemorating the end of, like, the complete end of slavery in the U.S. And the reason why I'm bringing it up, because it is a really big deal. It's a new holiday. Um, And the takeaway for me, and we can all have our different takeaways, but for me, it's that norms change. And what may seem acceptable uh, to many people can end up being so obviously reprehensible in the future. And historically, slavery was one of these things that uh, many people realized was intuitively very bad and obvious today, but uh, at the time it it was not. So the only thing I want to relate here with what we're doing is we are also as an industry going to be challenging many different norms. Um, I got into the industry because we were challenging the norm of the nature of money, uh, but we're also challenging others like decentralizing finance, like NFTs empowering creators. Like DAOs leading to collective decision making across distributed organizations, uh, these are all things that clearly are not as humanly impactful as you know slavery was. But it is insightful to just understand that what may be a norm one day could be completely overturned the next. Um, so anyway, happy Juneteenth, everyone, and uh, we'll make sure that we uh, catalog this going forward. Um. Alberto, on, on the engineering side, mentioned a bunch of different updates, but what I want to highlight for you guys today is um, what's really important for us as an ecosystem is we have to get our ZK strategy right, and we're putting a lot of energy and attention into it right now. So we want a provable sidechain. Like we want this technology. There are a bunch of different options out there on the, on the market, and maybe a bunch is, is the wrong word. There are some options out there where there are some other projects that are really racing forward in provability, uh, in particular with virtual machines. Uh, We are analyzing all of them, and we want to make sure that the path that we settle on here um, is updated with the most recent technology and opportunities that are out there. Uh, And that's why we're we're researching everything. So we have also recently been deep diving on Starkware, and just the entire Starkware system, and we're analyzing others, and we will be formulating our own ZK strategy, which will really inform our long-run competitive posture as an organization. So it's worth the effort that we're doing right now um you mentioned or what we've done recently was generalizing zendu a bit more to handle semi-decentralized chains and semi-decentralized like token man to, like the evm chain upcoming uh we realized that like zendu was built for full provability and full decentralization uh, therefore so what we're doing now is like there are features in that or just kind of design structure for how zendu was built to handle full decentralization. Now, we're releasing some chains that are not fully decentralized or provable, still very important, like having smart contracting, like Ethereum compatible smart contracting. So it makes sense to optimize Zendu. So there's ongoing work there. Uh, We seem to be very much on track with the EVM development, which is great. And you heard a note on testing RPC server uh, with MetaMask. So very cool. Like whenever I hear MetaMask in Horizon, I get excited. Uh, you also heard about uh, a slight delay in token mint going to market on mainnet. Um, now it's going to be one more sprint essentially for us. And this was a tough decision, but it is security related with improvements that we chose to include in here. Uh, so better key management, increasing the number of certifiers and then also a sidechain app uh, improvement so that we can incorporate safe shutdown and recovery from corrupted storage. Uh, at startup. So important in case the chain goes down for any reason, we want to make sure the funds are fully recoverable for, for users. But the good news, and Angie, uh, you mentioned this as well, is uh, we already we heard about NFT UX UI design uh, reviews coming up. So that's super cool, having NFTs uh, integrated into Token Mint very quickly. Um, on an admin update, want to mention that a bunch of our team is in, uh, in New York City for NFT NYC this week. Um, So if you guys in the community happen to be at the event, um, you know, try to reach out, say hi, and, uh, you know, meet our team members. Um, Okay, so a big topic I want to talk about is the ecosystem building in advance or, say, around the EVM deployment. Um, We are... Deep diving on like our own strategy of what day one EVM release should look like, like what what are those foundational things that we for sure want to release along with the EVM, like an AMM, some sort of swapping mechanism and so forth. Uh, We talk about this with you guys a bunch, but, uh, you know, pragmatically and fortunately, we're we're, uh, not going to be the only group, you know, between ZBF and Horizon Labs. To build in our ecosystem. We're also talking to other dev shops right now, basically carving it out and saying like, we have, I'm just making this up, say a dozen things that we want to go live around this EVM ecosystem. And we're trying to get everyone to just, you know, commit to different portions of it and dishing this out to other dev shops that are interested in building with us. So that's gonna be exciting from an ecosystem perspective to have other um, highly credible, important developers to come in and actually release protocols and applications in Horizon. Just going to be really cool. Now, you know, we talk a lot about EVM and you know how important this is for us, and it really is. But I want to set expectations. So again, like uh, maybe to a fault, but a little bit different than other crypto ecosystems. We often. Um, you know, lawyer up or academic up, where we try to caveat everything so that we we manage expectations. Let me do that now, um, and it's just important to make sure that we don't overhype anything, but at the same time emphasize the importance of what we're doing. So, one, um, we are not going live with the most competitive EVM in the world, guys. Let's just set that you know straight right now in our own team as we're developing our EVM strategy and going through numbers and stuff like that of what we're going to be doing and why. We've come to this conclusion very much ourselves, and it's obvious. So, number one, um, you know, the cool thing is that we're introducing smart contracts for the first time into Horizon, but I think also into a Bitcoin-like blockchain, and that's kind of a big deal, right? Um, now, we are starting more centralized than we'd like. Remember our three-phase rollout approach for Token Mint, um, and we're planning the same type of rollout approach for the EVM. So, just let's let's state that up front. That we clarify now, we are going to be decentralizing over time for sure. But this will be a phased rollout, just so we can have high security and make sure that things don't screw up as we go. We won't have the fastest consensus in the world for this chain. Uh, this is uh, a situation where we had a trade off, and the mandate like we have a bunch of pieces that we've been developing as an ecosystem. Like we were developing Lattice and their components that go into that, uh, and we were using Orboris Prowl as, as a consensus. Well, these are not things that are optimized for, I don't know, semi-decentralized or more centralized chains Um, that need speed, right? These were decentralized protocols and that's why we use them as a starting point. And the mandate here was we want to go to market ASAP with an EVM so we can have smart contracting in Horizon. The trade-off was we're just going to go to market with the pieces that we can assemble today or now versus, you know... we or optimizing things so that it can be faster so this is one of those things we're not going to market with the fastest evm chain out there right but we will definitely make it much faster as we go and we've already talked about potentially layering in or say upgrading the consensus to be more bf like a bft variant so that we can optimize for speed we won't have hundreds of millions of dollars in ecosystem incentives on day one clearly now a bunch of other very popular EVM ecosystems out there um, launched their EVMs and they also simultaneously had a lot of money to incentivize people to build in their ecosystems. Now, they were also doing this in a big in a raging bull market, so everyone has more resources in a raging bull market. We are now launching in a raging bull market. Now, the price of Zen really dictates the incentives that we have for the ecosystem, and the price of Zen has gone down quite a bit with the rest of the market, right? That materially impacts the resources we have on day one for incentives and we all get that but also we know that as zen goes up so if what we do matters and we have some utility in our ecosystem going from cryptocurrency to utility-based ecosystem if this has a material impact on zen if it's a big if guys and obviously market conditions dependent then the ecosystem will have more resources clearly um, we will also be launching a variety of new tokens, or, or I should say not we will be launching, but there will be launched a variety of different tokens and applications in our ecosystem, and each of these will have economics behind them, and each of them will have a purpose, like potentially subsidizing liquidity on an AMM would be an example, right? So there will be different flows of economics that could be used for incentives. I will also say that I don't think that on day one, transaction fees are going to make this a sexy enough ecosystem on, on EVM transaction fees to spark just a massive amount of stake into the sidechain and participation usage, right? But we can do things like layering in Coinbase rewards, like this endogenous token idea that we had. Maybe we can endow um, the EVM chain with its own Coinbase token and a subsequent version. I'm just making up different examples. The main point is we will have a roadmap to make this a more competitive EVM-based ecosystem as we go, but don't expect it on day one. Now, day one will be a, a huge milestone for us. Again, Bitcoin like cryptocurrency to a smart contract and platform. This Ethereum compatible is a really big deal. And that's what you're going to get on day one. Okay, finally, and I, I'm kind of talking a lot here, guys, but um, you, we cannot ignore the, the general market uh, conditions out there. The fear, the contagion that's been going on in the markets. Rule number one, we've been around for a while. And I'll say rule number one is you survive. You survive the bear market and then you think about optimizing how you come out of it at the end of it like what positioning are we going to have and how are we going to emerge from this bear market as a powerful player in this ecosystem in in the industry rule number one survive and i think we're doing a fantastic job there so we have different ecosystem players uh, like horizon labs that are very well capitalized despite the bear market uh, and are growing into it right and that's a really good thing for horizon the ecosystem We never know how long our deep bear markets will go, right? This is like, we're not soothsayers. And of course, if everyone does a rain dance long enough, eventually it'll rain and you look like a genius. Um, And there will be many people making a variety of different predictions about how this market cycle will play out. Um, No one knows, right? So no matter how, like whenever you hear confident people uh, making confident predictions, discount it heavily, right? No one knows what's going to happen in the market. Things could continue to deteriorate. And by the way, I personally expect the macro environment to continue to have trouble, but the world isn't ending global trade. Modern civilization is not ending. Right. Glo- uh, like inflation sucks and we're seeing it. I saw at the grocery store last week. It like finally hit me personally, like how much inflation sucks when you see like a, a pack of butter costing 16 bucks it was just ridiculous. Um, and it could continue to suck for some time, you know, maybe for a long time, who knows? Uh, or we may see a surprise for the better, right? Maybe we see, hopefully, uh, an end to the the war in Ukraine would be great for calming global inflation, especially in the food and agricultural sectors or commodities. Uh, maybe the post-COVID supply chains uh, could recover, right? We're still seeing chaos around the world with supply chains. Um, but inflation is definitely the main story here, guys, and inflation is what we should be paying attention to with respect to asset prices. Now, cryptocurrencies are always the canary in the coal mine, meaning that they go down first and and most furiously when uh, markets collapse or go down. And then they tend, at least historically, to bounce back sooner than other things. Now, again, no predictions. I'm not going to violate my own rule to pretend that I know, you know how this market is going to play out. Um, but, you know, Inflation is the main the main story here for asset prices, and you know there's no saying how long this could go on. Now the pain could be over as well. Let's state this also very real possibility. I have no idea how to attribute probabilities here. We're already seeing a pretty decent recovery over the last 24 hours. Uh, it is possible that we've seen the worst. We've already witnessed a, a few defaults that are kind of triggered, um, you know, cascading failures or different runs in different markets. Like Celsius has had some serious problems and had to force liquidate many very large positions across the DeFi sector. The Riaros Terra UST, we've seen some really big collapses, guys. Already, is that enough? Is the market going to clear from here, and we're not going to have uh, additional very important uh, kind of catastrophic defaults? Or you know maybe maybe uh, you know things continue to deteriorate. We have no idea. Um, things could also trade sideways for a long time. Um, this happened for years in the past in the Bitcoin markets where for years, like when I went back for my PhD, I was fortunate to have a few years of quiet in Bitcoin where I could quietly accumulate while, while studying. Um, who knows if, if this is going to be the type of environment, right? So anyway, just to say that while all of this goes on, we at Horizon and I can also say at Horizon Labs will not only survive, but we're positioning ourselves to be a top ecosystem when the dust settles. Uh, The EVM is a big starting point, but it's not everything. And we're very uh, clear and realistic about the type of product we're delivering to market. And we'll deliver it with a subsequent roadmap so that we know how to improve it. Uh, We're using the bear market to hire great talent. And we're just going to accelerate this, guys. Um, So it's great to have resources when other people are hurting. And you know, Horizon Labs for sure does. And we'll continue hiring. And in particular, we are going through beefing up our, our ZK and crypto teams. Um, so that we can re- continue refining our, our ZK strategy, hone in on exactly what we want to do. And I'll tell you, just in this big mix of things, we can shoot for the stars um, and have a fully provable like ZK EVM, or we can do something a little bit more tractable that maybe we can you know, release to market in uh, you know, uh, a surprisingly shorter time horizon, right? And it's provable, provable virtual machine or maybe a provable sidechain. We'll see. So there are different options for us out there. It's complex. I, I have no idea right now. Uh, just to be honest with you guys that exactly what the best strategy is going to be for the ecosystem. But at least we have some very smart people analyzing it right now and pulling together different options for us. Um, so anyway, a lot going on. And I just wanted to obviously share all of this with everyone as we're a very open, transparent project. We want to make sure you guys understand exactly what's going on. It's up here and we can open it to maybe some Q&A. Erica.
0: Okay. Um, so we actually had quite a few votes on several of these questions today. Um, so I'll just go in with the top one for me, um, which I think may be a very good fit for Lucy, um, if she's available and it is, has Verizon got plans to release their own NFT collection when token mint goes to mainnet? Hey, I am available. Um, and the answer, the short answer is yes. Um, and, uh, um, and then I think this is something that um, the Horizon community should be very excited about. Um, I uh, cannot review any specifics at the moment, but um, I'm very looking forward uh, to share more info- information when it, when it becomes available. But answer is yes, uh, definitely yes. Very exciting. I can't wait to see. Even I don't know what they look like yet. So it's going to be amazing. Um, The next question is, are any of Horizon's partners planning on minting tokens via token mint?
5: Uh, that's a good one. So do we have Rahan on here or is he out traveling today? Because I do I'm, know that he is uh, talking uh, to... I'm here. Oh, perfect, perfect. Yeah, I'm here. And beyond yeah, that, hey, do you want to I answer the question? The question. <laughs> so, <laughs> great. <laughs> no, I, I think still very early stages, but we we are considering that being an option. Uh, there hasn't been um, any sort of commitment from our partners to be using the platform for minting their tokens. But that's BD team and the broader strategic decision is to see how we can lope it. I rope in a lot of these partners we're working with Uh, using the platform that we are building in-house so um, i'll keep you posted uh, but that's that's as far as the detailed amount of information i can give you around that
0: everyone's so tight-lipped today zero for zero beans so far um third just interact sorry um erica (laughs) i think i missed I misunderstood the the, the question for me earlier about NFT. Um, I just realized the question was uh, um, if we will um, release our own NFT collection when Tokenman goes to mainnet. So not when Tokenman goes to mainnet, uh, but afterwards um, we will launch something else (laughs) when Tokenman uh, goes to mainnet, but not NFT. But we will uh, launch NFT on Tokenman at some point, very soon. Tuna, than you think. That's much more exciting. Um, and I was going to say, I saw some images. Are those the NFTs? But no, it was Xavier sharing some very cool photos. Um, so third question is, when EVM is on horizon, what use case or DAP do you want to see on the ecosystem first?
5: well i have to say as i'm biased towards finance stuff like it, what the way i view what we're doing here is it's like we're creating a, like a, a new economy this digital economy in horizon and i, I want to see digital assets being swappable or tradable like i, I want people if you mint a token if you have a particular digital asset like zen i want you to be able to swap it uh, i think this is foundational and I, this is why i'm a huge fan of a DEX or an amm and Horizon is kind of like my, my top tier, but I'll, I'll open it here to anyone else if you're if you feel inspired and there's something that you really want to see on the EVM, um, please shout it out. Otherwise, that's my answer.
0: I'm just going to jump in and say I'm also Team Dex. It looks like Andrew's joining me there as well um Maybe Alberto would want to chime in.
1: Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, consider that uh, our EVM uh, is going to support, uh, I mean, uh, it would be like uh, the Ethereum virtual machine, so it will support any kind of smart contract that is uh, currently. Uh, able to run uh, on Ethereum, so it's just uh, let me say we are just limited by uh, let me say the the, uh, the users and the developers' imagination. So if you want to build your own uh, uh, application, I mean uh, you would be able to, uh, and if it is in solidity, you would be able to deploy it in our uh, in our ecosystem. So no boundaries. Thank you.
0: Thank you, Alberto. All right, everyone. So that is it for our weekly insider today. Uh, We will be back again next Monday. And I hope you all have a wonderful week. Thank you all for tuning in.